Mankle. Hello. 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 How are you? Hashem. I'm pretty good. I'm chilling. I took a good walk today. It's good walking weather. Feel excited about the halacha projects I'm working on. I'm recovered from COVID, which is good. That's great. That's great. Yeah. I'm going to go to the mall later. Oh, the mall. Sounds exhausting. I know, but I really have learned to love it in its own way. Well, that's good. You're going to get some clothes. Mm-hmm, probably. Or at least I'm going to look at some clothes. Speaking of, I'm wearing a super cute shirt. Look at it. Wow. Can't wait when that shirt is more stretched out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got a date for my surgery. Tell me about the date. Whoa, what's uh, going on? It's a fucking January. January? Yeah, it's so far away. Okay, well, that's okay. But I'm just glad I got it. I'm glad it is set, but it does feel very far away. I put myself on a cancellation list, which is like if someone else cancels their surgery, I might get to go in early, but who knows whether that'll happen or not. Yeah, who knows? Maybe you'll get something next week. Oh my God, that would be stressful. What do you have to do to prep for it? Uh, I have to go to another pre-op appointment to like have another make sure the implants are okay and everything and sign some pre-op paperwork but i don't think i really have to do anything to prep for it other than like not eat the night before wow how long is recovery classically people say recovery is two weeks but that depends on how the implant is placed whether it's under your muscle or over your muscle mine will probably be under my muscle which will probably mean recovery is a little longer than that okay does that mean that they're like more resilient to i don't know it's for a lot of different reasons it has a lot it's like has to do with the dimensions of your chest and a lot of stuff but yeah i don't fully understand but for all kinds of complicated anatomical and geometric reasons some people get it under and some people get it over that's so interesting just in, in my mind i'd take a gander and think that in the mind of the layperson, you imagine the booby going over the muscle right you imagine it's just like right there on the surface yeah yeah, yeah. which in many cases it is but in some cases, it's under the pectoral muscle. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited for your boobies. Thank you. Me too. I was just actually, I was taking a nap right before this and sort of laying there dreaming about them and how great they'll be. They will be really wonderful. Yeah. I'll be unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the goal. Yes. Your chest will reflect your... Spirit. Spirit. Not that a small chest has a small spirit. Yeah, only for me. Only for, yeah, only for Hava. Yeah. Yeah. Only for my own self-relationship. Michael. <sighs> yes. How are you? You seem well. I'm pretty well. You look moisturized in your lane, hydrated, thriving. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel moisturized. I feel... Plumped. What do I feel? I'm just trying to think of something interesting to say. Okay. Okay, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this, Hava. Riddle me this, Batman. I am really excited after we're done recording. I'm going to crawl underneath the house. Ooh, that sounds scary. Uh, yeah, there's lots of spidery cobwebs and stuff. Yeah, the spidery part is what's scary about it to yeah, me. Yeah, it's kind of freaky. But I'm going to remove all the garbage and shit that's under the house, basically. Well, there's garbage under your house? Well, it's just like... Like construction garbage. Construction Not debris. just like bags of... Assorted household garbage. Yep, yeah, not none. Of it. Just you know, gonna do some serious cleaning, and I am excited for it. I'm like excited to get in there and get get a little dirty, get a little messy. Hell yeah! 
Yeah, I'm excited about that. I also got my Hebrew class today. Ooh, look at you. I know. Learning. I know. Oh, learning oh. so much. And I bought a printer. I bought a printer. Wow, Mazel tov. Thank you, thank you. It's a black and white laser printer. Real simple, real basic. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be great for the Hebrew documents and other Jew documents. And it's going to mm -hmm, be great. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited to print out my Hebrew documents. So yeah, excited. It's weird. I feel like I didn't really appreciate what a significant thing having a printer was as a child. And then as an adult, I haven't had a printer in so long. And I've come to really appreciate the value of a printer. I'll let you know how mine goes. But I got a printer for 90 bucks and like... Oh, a bunch of toner cool. for like 75 bucks, like multiple rounds of toner. We recently got a hand-me-down printer from my boyfriend's mom, but I haven't been able to make it work yet. I mean, it like works, but it's like printing weird, like blue. Everything is blue. Is it an inkjet? Yeah, it has ink, not not lasers. Yeah. You got to go go get the lasers, baby. Lasers will well, change your life. The thing is, I have inkjet now, so. All right. Well, maybe for your birthday, I'll get you a black and white laser printer. Unless you want a color printer. I don't know. Okay. Well, I don't, I don't really want that. You don't want a printer? Okay. Grunge Girl complains about this, too. Like, I get gifts for her. Mm-hmm. And they're actually for me. Right. You're the kind of person who gets, like, their wife a vacuum for their anniversary. Well, I mean, I think, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a thoughtful gift because it's something that I want, right? That's that's <laughs> the way I think of it, right? So it's uh -huh. it's it's a valuable. It's it's truly it's not a bullshit gift, you know. It's a real mm -hmm. it's a real treasure. Mm -hmm. Here's what I'll tell you about valuable gifts. Speaking of, yeah, I have recently allowed myself to begin shopping for engagement rings. <gasps> Are we allowed to say this? Is that allowed to be said? I can say whatever I want. You, you're gonna say it, okay? You, you Wait, you're shopping around for engagement rings? Well, so the deal is, the deal has always been from the very beginning of my relationship with my boyfriend that he was forbidden to propose to me until we had been together for two years. And our two-year anniversary is on June 21st. And because my boyf is on the spectrum and because I have learned that our relationship thrives on direct communication... The deal has always been that I'm going to send him an email on our anniversary, which will contain my ring size and examples of my preferences. Well, I have a question. What? Was this like an explicit like, okay, on our anniversary, I'm going to send you this email? Or was it more like, on our anniversary, I might send you an email with my this, this, this? How like direct was it? Very direct. Very direct. Oh, okay. He knows it's coming. Oh my God. That's, that's great. Because I want to be proposed to in spectacular fashion. It doesn't have to be spectacular, but it needs to be a moment, right? It needs to be a little bit of a production. Mm -hmm. And I want him to have the information he needs to do that correctly. Because I don't know, I don't know how other people do it, like surreptitiously get their partner's ring size. I don't know. I guess if you're just a cis lady, you probably have like a more normal ring size. And it's not as big a deal. I think in, in a lot of relationships, playful secrecy is, is like part yeah. of it. What keeps it running. Mm -hmm. uh, that doesn't work for me. So yeah, much. we only have very rare secrets, like a surprise birthday present. But in this case, it's like I have a lot emotionally tied up in this proposal, <laughs> as I think anyone would. But I, for my own reasons, have a lot tied up in it. And I know that 
in our particular relationship, like hinting is not a thing. Mm-hmm. It is explicit communication or nothing. I mean, that's great. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad we figured it out. We did not have it figured out for a while, but. So you have this boyfriend. Let's imagine he's the perfect man. Mm-hmm. As you've described. You don't have to imagine. He is. And you give him direct instructions. Mm-hmm. And he follows them to the T. Mm-hmm. Do you ever run into the case that I run into at work or for personal projects when I'm coding, which is I do exactly that and I get weird edge cases that I didn't account for? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, in this case, I'm going to give him my ring size, which is like not, there's no edge cases in that, right? It's just like a numerical measurement. All rings are pretty much sized the same way. And then in terms of style, I'm going to give a selection and I'm going to specifically note in my email, like, here is this ring. Here are the things that I like about it. Here is this other ring. Here are the things I like about it. So that there's like some flexibility built into the direction. He's going to come back and he's going to be like, I did such a good job. I found you the perfect rose gold, perfect size key ring that you've always dreamed of and wanted. <laughs> no, he's going to do good. I've shown him some of the ones I like already. All right. Well, I, I want to hear more bloopers from your relationship in general about what the edge cases are. I want to know more edge cases. We don't have to do it now, but just yeah. save it That's for later. That's what we should have called our sex advice podcast we never started. Edge oh, case. edge case. Oh, Note to self. Yeah. Well, I'm holding a voice memo recorder. Note to self. Edge case. Sex edge podcast case. name. Yeah. Okay. If we ever do start one, that's what it'll be called. Oh, that's pretty good. For those of you who don't know, we almost started a spinoff podcast called Half Price Advice. That was going to be just a straight up advice podcast, but we decided not to. If there's a listener out there who knows how to draw, this is another thing that's related to edge cases Uh and sex. The most dangerous job in the world is fishing for Alaskan kink crabs. I want someone to illustrate the dangerous. Is it going to be like crab? Yeah, like crabs wearing like a leather mask and dominatrix heels. Uh, it's really cute imagining a giant crab wearing like really tall heels. Yeah, it is. Going for the regular crabs is dangerous enough. But what right. if that crab has handcuffs <laughs> or a whip <laughs> right. or a paddle or is right. wearing a chastity belt? Right. Anyway, I just I want someone to do a far side style drawing of that and right. that'd be oh, awesome. Oh my god, it is very far side. Okay, Michael, I think yes. we've officially done enough bullshitting. Okay, all right, all right, okay, okay, okay. What is the content of this episode? I have sugyas for your body. Sugyas a plenty. Yeah, I got two two sugyas from your body for your body. Well, shit, rock my body. We're on Pesachim three B. Okay. And we are talking about proper language. The rabbis are talking about the proper ways to converse. Okay. And there's many stories and anecdotes that are being related and all sorts of interesting things like... Classic Talmud bullshit. It's in Pesachim. So there's an example of a Gentile who pretended to be a Jew to like eat the Paschal lamb. And then like a rabbi mm-hmm. tricked him using tricky language to like Classic. to reveal that he was a Gentile. And then the Jews killed him. But then I'll just brush uh, that under the rug. The it doesn't really matter. But anyway, there's lots of these little anecdotes and a lot of them are kind of cute. And I wanted okay. to give you two, which I think okay. are really interesting. On Pesachim 3b, Hanhu, can you hear the dog whining in the background? Yeah, I for sure can. Skeeter! Okay, Hanhu Talata. Hanhu Talata. Hachanei. Hanhu Talata Hachanei. God damn it. Had Amar Lahu 
הגיעני כפול, ואחד אמר הגיעני כזית, ואחד אמר הגיעני כזנב הלטתה, בדקו אחריו ומצאו בו שמץ פסול. אוקיי, there... taking a work meeting and so there's a lot of there's a yeah. lot going on okay there were three priests uh mm-hmm. like priests from the temple three priests walk into a bar yes they all in the context of this sugya it becomes clear that what has just happened to these priests is they have been given some of the shoe bread some of the show bread mm-hmm. uh the you know the bread that's an offering to god that then they get to eat Under right. certain circumstances. Right. God's leftovers. Yeah, God's leftovers. Someone out there probably knows it better than us. They're talking about the pieces of bread that they've received. And one of them mm-hmm. says to the others that he received a piece that's like the size of a bean. Like a bean. Yes, first time. And the next one says, I received a piece that's like an olive, the size mm-hmm. of an olive. And the next one says, I received a piece that's the size of a lizard's tail oh yes that is classically standard measurement Classic of all size. lizards which have similarly sized tails what happens next is badku aharav umatsu bo shemetz pasul the other priests examined this priest's background this one who said lizard's tail and found that he's unfit to be a priest oh like his lineage is unfit to be okay. a priest okay They did a background check because they're cops. All he did was he said this word lizard tail. That's the only thing that right. differed in and what he did. And the priests immediately were like, everyone looked at him at once, like in a movie. They took the language that he used as justification for doing an investigation into this priest's background to determine that right. he actually wasn't qualified to be a priest. They thought it was de classe. Exactly, which I thought was very interesting. There is a clarification later where instead of Shemet's Pasul, where they found him unfit to be a priest kind of mm-hmm. in the sense of his lineage it should be read as shehei pasul meaning like he said something disgraceful or he did something disgraceful i see which is a little bit less sneaky and backhanded it's more direct right right it's kind of interesting like i wonder if part of it is that like a olive and like a bean are two measurements that come up in halacha a lot Like a kazayit is an amount like an olive, and that's like an amount that comes up in a ton of different things. But I've never heard lizard tail before. So maybe they were like, if you were really legit, you would know that we don't say lizard's tail because we would never speak of such lowly matters. Well, okay. Well, in the context of the daf, there's other stuff. I think with, with the lizard's tail, skeeter. Oh, my God. Okay. So what's happening... Okay, hold on one second. I'll, I'll be okay. right back. Just one second. I got up to grab him and he just ran away because he wants to play. He wants to be chased. Okay, so what's happening is a lizard tail is unclean. Hold on one second. Okay. Okay. We get it. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Oh my gosh. Got you in my arms. Wow, what a little baby. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Okay, so what's happening with the lizard tail? As we see a little lizard tail baby before us right now. What's happening with the lizard tail is it's unclean. 
Oh, so they're like, this person knows about deep fried, the size of deep yes. fried lizard tails. Yeah, I think that's the idea. And there's another sugya on this doff that says something like, oh, one student made a comparison to something like a pig. And it wasn't even like what a pig tastes like. It was just and like... he was immediately ejected. Kind of. Well, Jews don't know about pigs. That's a little known fact that Jews, even when you convert to Judaism, all knowledge of pigs is instantaneously deleted from your brain. No, no, no. It's not that it's deleted. It's that you know about it, but you're wise enough not to say it. Well, that is some bullshit. Hey, well, it's in the fucking Talmud. I don't know what to tell well, you. Listen, I know we all know on this show that the Talmud has some bullshit in it. So, OK, you're right. You're right. It has some <laughs> bullshit in it. That's true. But so that's the kind of the context around which this is happening. It's like one student compares something to a pig. One person compares it to a goat. The teacher's like the other student is like more wise than that student. Right, right. This kind of makes me think about how like a lot of trans people, myself included, had this experience before we transitioned of being like, well, of course, like if I could be a woman, like I would. Like, I think we all think that sometimes. And then other cis people are yeah. like, no, we don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You are yeah, not. Yeah. We eject you from the cis priesthood. <laughs> yeah, that like, makes sense. Nobody thinks that. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, if I were to live by this rules, I'd be in a lot of trouble. Right, because you're always talking about lizard tails, and honestly, I'm fucking sick of it. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, I'm sorry. You mention lizard tails one more time. I'm gonna investigate your background and find you unfit to be on this. I podcast. just like to make provocative metaphors. It's true. It's fun to do metaphors that are fucked up because then people start arguing with your metaphor, and there's and then you already then you're like, dude, what are you doing? It's just a metaphor. You're you're not arguing with my argument. Ain't no thing but a lizard tail. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so that is God. That. That was a lot, actually. I had a whole yeah. other sookie I wanted to bring, <laughs> but I, I think I'm just going to wait to bring it next week. Great. I love that. The second course of Lizard Tail. And I find this one much more subtly fascinating. The next one oh, that's about language. That's something that always translates really well in media production is subtlety. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm sure we will figure out a way to convey it. Right. I mean, that's why our podcast works is because as people, we're both deeply unsubtle, and we discuss subtle material, and we make it crude. That's part of the magic of our show. Yeah, I have, have no sense of decency. Yeah. Oh, my God. What? Listeners, you can't see this right now, but that? Michael and Skeeter just have... Michael's hand is up and Skeeter's Skeeter, hand is up, and they're just, Paul, like, Skeeter. delicately pushing each other's hands back and forth. It's the cutest thing <laughs> you've ever seen. Oh, I teared up a oh, little bit. Kisses. Good dog. Oh, Skeeter. Oh, yes. Paw. You... Good dog. Good dog. Good oh, paw. Oh, my God. Good Skeeter, you are fit for the priesthood. Oh, so fit. He would eat that shoe bread so fast. I <laughs> know. <laughs> and he would be like, that was just like the size of an olive. Like a really sacred olive. <laughs> Not one of those like unkosher olives. Not that I know what size those are. <laughs> you won't you won't believe it, but after Pesach, I got yeah. some discount matzah at the grocery store. Nice. Skeeter, it's what I give him for treats all oh the time. Oh my god, he, what a little Jew. He loves the crunch crunch. He loves it. Wow. I know. 
Wow. Well, this was an absolute treat. <laughs> okay, great. I'm glad you had fun. Listeners, patrons, y'all are great. Y'all are superstars. Y'all are the wind beneath our wings and in our sails. Thank you so much for being our patrons and enabling us to continue to bring you nonsense after nonsense. God willing, we will keep doing it for a long time to come. This week in the regular episode, I don't know what we're going to talk about. I was going to make an episode about vampires, but then I think I'm going to try to have the illustrious Olivia Devora Tucker on to help us with the vampire question. So I'm going to pick something else out of the pile while I get that guest episode together. So... This is going to be a surprise, which should be fine with you all, because I used to not even tell you what was going to happen in the regular episode. So, yeah, that's true. Be thankful that, you know, you get the lizard tail you get. Anyway, y'all are superstars. Send us your questions. Send us your thoughts. You know the whole deal. And we will talk to you in the regular episode. Bye. Bye.